Hey guys, <laughs> welcome back to Queer Retrograde. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Hobbs, and I'm Lens. And today, <laughs> there's. I just feel like I already have so many giggles to get out. We haven't visited this topic since our very first episode, and we're combining it with a new one, which is just besties. What's it like to date your bestie? Perhaps that's the question of the topic. And also polyamory stuff. Like what is that looking like in real time for us? Right. We've, we've mentioned it kind of offhand that we both practice solo polyamory and Mm -hmm. with the whole dating yourself episode, it seems like everyone was very enthusiastic about learning more about just our practices, our dating practices, and how that engages with that sort of practice of dating yourself. So Mm -hmm. we are going to get into it. I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Full disclosure. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. I care. (laughs) I feel like I just want to acknowledge like the fluidity of like, as much as I can like look back at, um, our first few episodes and like how much has changed and how I'm just glad it exists is like a document of like who I was at that time. Mm-hmm. I would just also like to acknowledge is anything I say today is fluid. Mm-hmm. It's just so fluid mm-hmm. as people change around me. And as I change in, as an individual, like anything to do with dating, past dating, current dating, like what mm-hmm. will be dating. I'm just like, y'all like take it with a glass of water. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's yeah. all I want to say up front. Yeah. And I think like everything that we offer really on this podcast is just like from our experience and it's not trying to be prescriptive in any kind of way. It's just very much like, this is what we do. This is how it works for us. Like maybe it can be of support to you or maybe not. Mm -hmm. And whatever, like totally just under this mindset of like, we are our our success as people is y'all success as people and we love you so you do you we love you 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 could crumple it all up and throw it in the trash can it doesn't matter I still love you exactly exactly excellent so let's get into the bestie section like from your whole life from wee little lens of you know preschool Mm -hmm. you've had best friends Mm-hmm. right okay I thought so so maybe <laughs> you weren't officially doing it but maybe you were behaving as though you were dating a past best friend what did that look like for you and who were they <laughs> yeah well <clears throat> I guess growing up I would always whoever I was dating, that would be kind of my best friend in that moment. Like I definitely prioritized whoever I was dating in my life, like growing up Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then in college, I guess the main thing that comes up is like in college, (laughs) I remember when I was in art school and I didn't really think about this, but then I was like talking to you about it and you were like, Oh, so you guys were dating. And I was like, Oh, Um, I was in art school and there was this person who we kind of just ended up doing everything together. We got really close in one of our, in our painting class. And then we would like 
go to class together. We would go eat together. We would work out together. We would do everything together. And I was still identifying as like straight at the time. But it's like, bro, you're literally like going to CrossFit to like watch this bitch like <laughs> squat. <laughs> like... Oh um, so yeah, I think I was like unofficially dating Emma Troy. Um <laughs> first and last. Yeah. <laughs> first and last. Um... <laughs> because I can't just use first name, like there's there's it's it's really just that's how we refer to her as a whole yeah okay mister you just i feel like you be around and be dating so many people all the same names that you should be using first and last names at all times <laughs> it's okay. so true. Like, okay Hobbs and i'll Bye-bye. be going through like who are you dating oh this person this person they all have the same name oh and they all have red hair too jesus christ um anyways so yeah, I think that is a situation where it's like we were best friends. Then luckily she, well, not luckily, unluckily she broke her back, but mm-hmm. then she had to like drop out of school. And then that's when I became besties with Hopper. Um, So it was like an easy sort of fade out of us, of, of our, of our connection, you know, and still, you know, we don't talk anymore, but wish her well of course she's I'm pretty sure she's actually straight um, <laughs> in a happy hetero relation seems like so wish her all the best speculation um, speculation and now I'm sweating so Hobbs <laughs> you go <laughs> so as we know from like previous episodes I was definitely a toxic monogamist all throughout childhood all my best friends were just like, yo, you better be locked into me. Cause like, that's all I got. It all started with Quincy and my neighborhood in Northern Virginia. We'd spend so much time together exclusively when this new Marcel came into the picture. I was not for it. I did not want three people going to the vending machine with us. I wanted two. And then as we know, Kristen Hall, <clears throat> need I say more? <laughs> and then Bradley was like my very, very best friend from like third grade up until like, middle school until I met Rebecca but in that time I thought we were like I didn't call it this obviously I was a baby but since we did everything together and all that shit I thought we were dating like straight up like as soon as he got a girlfriend he Mm -hmm. got a girlfriend in middle school I was so pissed I threw our friendship in the trash and I started hanging out with only his brother and his next door neighbor who I knew he hated and like I was riding that wave for so long, just like, you know, fuck you, Bradley. Like, how dare you? We're obviously very chill now. Like, we grew up. That's my, <laughs> that's like my brother. Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. we're, it was very much so. Like, I just do, did not know how to compartmentalize or deal with like not being chosen first uh, right. for a lot of those years. And then Rebecca and I were best friends. Like, there was only like, when we first started drinking together, like, did I only first start having those thoughts? Like, what if we made out? Like, only (sighs) when that happened, like, one time where I was like, and I realized, like, this is because I'm drunk. And it's not some like under like feeling or whatever. It's just because I'm literally feeling like this way physically. And she's here and like we're hiding on this trampoline because like we think the cops are next door type shit. Just like the intensity of the moment. But then we ended up calling somebody else to like, make out with you i'm digressing anyway called someone else someone else to make out with you stop (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. Anyway, um, so after that, I would say Gracie was definitely like my high school like bestie, and like we had so much loyalty towards each other, and like we may as well have just been like in a relationship. We were just we had we were each other's ride or dies. Like mm-hmm. we knew so much about each other that we didn't even have to say or that we would say, finishing each other's sentences, just like always just trying to like you know launch each other's jokes like all the time. <clears throat> super fun, super awesome. I feel like. I'm one of those people who uh, ended up being that way of like, anytime I was dating someone, like they also would take like most of my attention, mm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. in the beginning, early years of like when I was dating of like, you know, age 18 and up. Yeah. And unfortunately, they were not my best friends. Like the first one, sure, but like not really. Like we clicked as soon as we met in college and like the whole time we knew each other, it was popping off and then we started dating but ultimately like that ended just because it was like, I don't even know who I am right now. I don't know who you like, what is going on? Who are you? Right. Who am right. I? So <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely romance first, friendship second mm. for a while there, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but things have since changed. But looking at the track record, as I was writing down, like my little side project right now is writing down my history of desire and like how that's manifested itself. I have been a very like, and I'm sure this is just therapy coming out of like childhood trauma of like I need someone to pick me because daddy didn't pick me type shit so mm-hmm. that was the energy for a long time there but you know now we're here and you know, everything's pretty pretty different mm-hmm. so that's nice yeah how so <laughs> <laughs> I'm slower mm-hmm. I've acknowledged now how much like I actually prefer things to move slowly mm-hmm I've called myself a Dell processor of a human because like I like to sleep on my emotions. I like to sleep in general and I like to just <laughs> take my time to think <laughs> about things. Right. And like even the trajectory of like how recent I like we met the day before college started and like how our relationship like progressed. We went from like meeting that first day and being like, oh, that's my competition right there. Fuck that kid mm-hmm. to like being in the same math class. And we would go people watching all the time. And just like, we learned how to like talk about people together. Like at first it was kind of like what we thought we should be saying about like women, like especially. And then we we're just like, wait, I don't want to be like that guy. I don't want to talk like that. And we mm-hmm. just kind of grew like that. And then over time, you know, the time we like just agreed to go spend a summer in Europe together. And then eventually later on, like just how involved we were even when they moved <clears throat> excuse me to New York it was just like yo like you're kind of like really important to me and just it was very organic and deliberate in how we were like getting closer and defining that closeness up until like in recent years we're like yo I think you're like are we not like platonic life partners like what's up with that like it doesn't read the same to me to tell someone oh that's my best friend like it tells a fraction of it but doesn't really like shed the whole light on like how involved this person is in my life and how involved I am in theirs and how much that's on purpose it's not because we fell into it it's not because codependency it's straight up because there there was so much choice Mm -hmm. and so much like growing like experience and love like being just shoveled into it as much as like you know mistakes and like all that other kind of shit that kind of like teach you about yourself and someone else so I think the number one ingredient has just been slowness. Cause even now how I view friendship is like, have I even known you for a year? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> have I seen you through all four seasons? Like what's good <laughs> with you? You know? Cause I think people, the whole saying of people come in for a reason or a season, I'm like, that's definitely a thing. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think because I've gotten really good at letting go bonds or like relationships that I form in like 10 minutes of what I think, you know, whether it's a drunken night out or like a regular night out or like whatever, like you just kind of like caught up in the moment, like someone can feel like the world to you so quickly. And that's wonderful. But also like, it's really a gift to have time with people mm-hmm. and to see them over time. And I think that's just become like my number one thing when it comes to any kind of relationship now, platonic, romantic, like, let me see you in time. Because mm-hmm. we need that. Right. And it is wild to be sort of at an age where that that's even a possibility now. Like, I feel like we just now have hit an age where it's like, oh, yeah, like there are people who have been in my life for like seven years or something. Um, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) um, do you want to talk? Can you talk a little bit about like the I guess that relationship dynamic with Reese and like, cause we're going to get into obviously like our poly practices, you having like a platonic life partner, like obviously mm-hmm. feeds a lot into like your poly practices. Cause that's one of your partners. So mm-hmm. can you talk about what that means? And like, I guess mm-hmm. how y'all, um, go about like caring for that relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. especially like in a world where uh you know romantic ro- romantic partners like are, do have a tendency to take sort of priority or like precedent or whatever um how do you Absolutely. mitigate that I think I've just stepped into my extraness over it like <laughs> like last year I was like I think it's time we celebrated our anniversary <laughs> you know just like it's been 10 years bitch probably yeah. so like let's go do a thing and like we went on a trip and like did a thing because our friendship started off high key it started off like in europe like by ourselves with each other like for two months in a row of just like what is going on what are we doing and we had a great time i think over time like as they have shown me of course there's always ebbs and flows of like how this kind of communication comes about but like Mm -hmm. we were kind of like in a high end of like yo like being very like communicative and just like superfluously like uh i guess effusively is what I'm looking for um excited about like what we were getting out from each other and like what it meant to us and how special it felt and has felt and all that stuff so it just kind of felt easy for me to kind of like be like okay then I want to celebrate this with each other and like make more of a thing like this and like kind of like step into the dialogue of like I want us to have a day of quality time on this day or like whatever not just making an appointment, I guess, mm-hmm. of like, can we do this together to kind of like keep that thing like where it is? Cause like Reese works very hard, mm-hmm. extremely hard. They're in grad school, you know? And like, I'm over here, I'm working, I'm doing my own thing too. But like, also like every relationship always stems back to like communication and how you're actually making room for each other in each other's lives mm-hmm. and how that makes sense. Cause we also live together too, but mm-hmm. it's easy. I feel like when you live with someone to get caught up in like, well, we're kind of always hanging out. It's like, yeah, okay. But we also need to like be deliberate about spending time together exactly and I think that has come a lot easier just in general because we could go two months without talking or something like that and it'll probably be fine because that's how it's been in the past but I think we've just been a lot more yeah just openly communicative about having fun together and like bringing us back to what makes us feel close together which is playtime and like being outside and acting like kids and just screaming you know mm-hmm. I hope that answers your question <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a situation where, um, like there because you obviously you have been monogamous in the past have you ever been in a situation where there has been some sort of like competitiveness or some like negative energy that you had to deal with with having that sort of platonic life partner um and and balancing that with having a romantic partner it's gotta be in trouble a lot A lot. I think on both ends of us, it's gotten us both in trouble. Like, and that's why I feel so grateful for having the right words for it now. Because mm-hmm. before I feel like when you tell someone, oh, this is my best friend, like people have an idea about that. But I'm like, no, it's it's a bit more involved than that, sweetie. Like, right. <laughs> they're really like in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and like, y'all need to like love each other, like each other. But there has to be a mutual respect because they're in my shit and I'm in their shit. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the past, certainly because I did not have those words, it did not fully like flesh out for this other person who I was seeing to like see it, how I was feeling it of like how important it is to me. Um, I think I relied a little too heavily on show, don't tell at that time. So my <laughs> mistake. but definitely, I feel like recently I have had many, many conversations about how our romantic relationships in the past keyword in the past have whether it was like suffered I don't know if that's like too high key of a word or just like gotten like there was just issues Mm -hmm. issues and you said competitiveness there was definitely I'm sure that in the undercurrent of it and just like resentfulness or just like but again I don't know if that was only because of the lack of clarity in terms of like how we were like uh seeing each other support systems I don't know but I mean I've always tried my hardest I know Reese's always tried their hardest to like make a authentic connection with the people we've been seeing who are not each other you know just to like we're people of course we want that and desire that it's just a part of like relationships in life Mm -hmm. but unfortunately yeah that has definitely played a, a large role and there's been many arguments I'm sure that I can't even remember now where like that was the undercurrent of that situation of like we're not spending the right kind of time together like and I've as I've said before I feel like on the podcast too like my ability to divide attention has not come easy mm. and I think that stems from not being able to give enough to myself in the past and then also in tangentially not being able to give enough or feel like I'm giving enough or being like affirmed in giving enough to others mm-hmm. because of that too so I can only really blame myself. I mean, it makes <laughs> but- me think about that chapter in All About Love that is uh, about commitment. I think it's chapter four. And mm-hmm. when I see commitment <clears throat> in that book, you know, it it makes you automatically think, oh, she's going to talk about being committed to a partner. And basically mm-hmm. the entire chapter is just about commitment to the self and commitment to, to that relationship with yourself, that deep sense of self and how the only way really that you can be committed to anyone else is if you start at that root. Um, and yeah, how, how difficult that can be too, whenever you're already like in relation with with people and it's just like you're trying to navigate everyone else's needs and also your needs and it's like sometimes it just takes that that moment where you're like enough is enough 
I'm taking a step away so that I can like come back to me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've just really seen you, seen you do that. Like over the past year, it's really beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Much, much to learn still Mm -hmm. much to learn still. Okay. Let me take the hot seat (laughs) off of myself. Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right. I'm still, my brain is frazzled just from (laughs) answering that, but I would like to know more in general about like your development from, as you said, like you pretty much the people you were dating romantically were like your best friends as well. Mm -hmm. What in general, just throwing the ball back to you, like, what is that looking like for you now in present day Mm -hmm. and how different is that from the past? Yeah. I mean, it's way different. Um, I think one, one thing is just trying to not get for me. I'm a very physical person. You know, I have a dance background. I love using my body to communicate with people and you know, when something feels good in the body, it, it, it's a little hard to unwrap that in the head then whenever it's like, you know, maybe I'm not actually compatible with this person or whatever. Like maybe we're not actually friends. We're just having really good sex or whatever it is. That's just one, one example or one, one potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have shifted the way that I think about like physical intimacy where like I don't reserve physical intimacy for only romantic partners now um you know I cuddle with my friends I hold hands with my friends I like love like hugging I kiss like I kiss my friends like and it's it has really just made me helped me in terms of like leveling the playing field a little bit of like dismantling that, um, that hierarchy of, of who is important to me and like what relationships have value because it's like, ultimately they're all extremely valuable. And I really want to work so that to practice like non-hierarchy in that way, Mm -hmm. um, that has been a big thing. And then if there is someone that I'm like interested in romantically, just echoing what you said about taking it slow and just being realistic about like, yeah, this person is a stranger, you know, like even if I feel some sort of like excitement towards them or whatever, that's really fun. And I can lean into that, but that doesn't mean that I need to like wrap myself up in them so heavily right away. Like I can, hang out with them once or twice a week, maybe, and just have, you know, do things that I actually love to do. Like I think about it in the way of like, what would I want to do if I wasn't hanging out with this person? Let me see if this person wants to do that with me. And that way I'm like honoring myself regardless. And it's not like I'm just doing something because I'm hanging out with this person or like, um, yeah, like it's just, no special treatment, I guess, in a way Mm. it feels like Mm. no special treatment. It's just like, Mm. I'm living my life no matter what. And like, you want to come on this ride? Cool. If not, that's cool too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, uh, and just taking my time and developing those friendships with people. I feel that that has been a huge lesson of just how, oh my God, I feel like I've just said it a million times and I'll just keep saying it of just the biggest lesson that I've had recently is just how fulfilling and how worth it it is to put that time in of just developing a really, really strong foundation of friendship with someone before seeing if anything romantic pops off, because it's just like, you know, that the compatibility is there, then you know, that the like emotional intimacy is there. You actually know them, right? Like you actually know them and they actually know you and you're able to see if they can actually honor you for you and not just like some idea that they have in their head about like, whatever romantic narrative is playing out in their head and like and like the you know the sex helps me not get jaded high key like (laughs) um or like the waiting to have sex like helps me Mm -hmm. so um those are the main things that I've shifted and then of course just like I feel like I always just growing up I was just such a little slut. I mean, I'm still a slut, but I'm in a way that like honors my sluttiness now. Whereas like growing up, it's like, I would be in this monogamous relationship and I would like have so many crushes on other people. I remember being like, oh my God, like I would love to be like on a dating show where I was the lead and looking back, it's like, bitch, it's just because you just wanted to date like multiple people at once, you know? Like, I literally Mm. remember thinking that to myself when my mom was like watching The Bachelor or whatever. Um, And I remember it got really messy at times, like in high school when I would like, like I, I would like be like dating someone, then we would break up and then I would start like hooking up with like his best friend or something. I remember it's senior week. I like got into some messy shit, just like so messy. And it's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's just really nice now to just be like, I'm allowed to love everyone. And like everyone, I have a crush on everyone. (laughs) And that's okay. And that's actually like, should be celebrated. And, um, being, hella transparent about that from the jump has just been so freeing and um honestly has just helped me attract the right kind of people Mm -hmm. absolutely I mean going and going back to what you were saying before about like you know when new people come in can be so exciting intoxicating really and just you want to, you know, throw your whole life out and <laughs> do whatever the fuck they're doing. But I think what you said the other day really impacted me uh, in terms of like thinking about it, how you've related it back to how you care for plants. Hmm. You want to repeat that? I forget <laughs> what exactly you said, but it really got me thinking. Well, what I was actually, I was saying like, I use plants as a, as a metaphor, like a lot in Mm -hmm. general. And whenever I have new connections with people, I'm always thinking like, what kind of plant is this connection, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. what kind of care 
does that plant need? Um, why do I feel like it's this plant? Like what characteristics is that, is that stating, I guess. Um, I think what I was talking about with you is whenever there's a new connection with someone, I, there's like this sort of line between like wanting to really nurture it and care for it because it's a new thing. And then getting into like a scarcity mindset of like, oh my God, like I need to hang out with them all the time because like they're new. And like, if we don't hang out, like it might go away or whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And what I was saying is like, whenever a plant is new, like whenever there's like a baby seedling, like it requires like a lot more care then when, once you plant it into the ground, it starts to get more of an established root system. And then once it has the established root system, like as long as it rains, it should be Gucci, you know? Um, so of course I was like thinking about my new connections in that way of like, yeah, they require like a little bit more care, but then trying not to get wrapped up in that where it's like, I've been in a place lately where I just, have been going through it a little bit, having less capacity and trying to manage a lot of new relationships on in many different ways, not just romantic, like just a lot of new people in my life right now, a lot of new relationships and knowing that it's okay if I don't have time to like hang out with this person every single week or Like, it's okay if I miss a week with my housemates or whatever it is, because just because it's new, like, Mm. it doesn't mean you have to, you have to push yourself past capacity to, to nourish it, you know? Right. Easier said than done. Because that temptation is like a gravitational force. It is. Can we just establish, don't we like each other? Right. <laughs> can we just do that because i feel like as soon as i feel that feeling like, all right i'm locked in right Not like locked in locked in but just like okay like yeah i feel like that's whenever i feel a type of way about someone i have to tell them immediately because it's just like i can't i don't want to carry this around mm-hmm. i need you to carry it around i just need to say it and then the bubbles pop boom right. done not walking <laughs> away but we're walking in a different direction now because finally dear god the whether I don't think it's a scarcity mindset coming in, but just that urgency of just like, you need to know how I feel. Yeah. Well, and we've had these conversations too, where it's like, I remember last year it was like, I told someone that I had a crush on that I had a crush on them at the same time you told someone you had a crush on them. And Mm -hmm. both of those people separately were like, super surprised they were like shocked (laughs) so painful and we were like what the fuck like I thought that I was be like giving you all the like signals all the signs whatever and it's like ultimately you just gotta fucking tell a person you have to use your mouth yeah and tell them with words straight up three years I was like isn't this obvious right obvious no it's not (laughs) That fucking TikTok I posted, like, <laughs> you should know I'm crushing on you just because I'm thinking about you. That's me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Listen, people, use your words. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I, it's It just pops the balloon. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Then you just get to move on, whether it's moving further into it or not. Who cares? You just get to finally say it. But exactly. I get it. You know, society is not edged enough. And that's why we love Phil Collins. So maybe that's your way of edging. I support you. That's that. 
Yeah. It's funny too, because it's like, you're the type of person where you are that way, where once you want to tell someone something, you got to like, get it out. And also you're the type of person that loves like tension (laughs) and just like really hard. It's like that (laughs) slowness that you were talking about of like, you'll just like fucking torment someone for like (laughs) hanging out and like them still being like, do they have a crush on me? I don't know. (laughs) It's listen, I love and hate it about myself. (laughs) It's torture, absolute torture, but also a lot of fun. Right. A lot of fun. (laughs) Right. You know, do you have any besties you wish you dated? I know one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Someone that I dated. (laughs) 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 Fucking podcast, bro. (laughs) I'm wearing a sweater. This was a bad choice. I'm sweating (laughs) through the sweater. I'm stinky. Okay. Um, yeah, whatever. I wanted to date probably without really knowing but most likely I feel like in my young adult life I've dated or I've wanted to date everyone I was best friends with (laughs) in some way or form but you know it goes back to our juicy episode where like if you're best friends with someone it's kind of indistinguishable from dating them Mm -hmm. and to be fair I will say much of my desire came from a place of codependency what I really was looking for was that again that number one loyalty like a lot of the times and I'm not doing that shit anymore so it it all just looks different but I think yeah in the time of like young 20s and going out and all that shit like all my coworkers too it's just like everyone was I had googly eyes at everybody so Mm -hmm. it was like a dog chasing a car though I wouldn't know what to do with it once I got it Mm -hmm. but yeah everyone y'all's included boom there I said it everyone (laughs) was on my wish list okay I wrote long long letters to Santa Claus about who I wanted right and did did Santa Claus uh deliver no 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 damn it homophobic but that's what I'm saying though like the whole codependency (laughs) thing like that kind of was it anyway Mm -hmm. to see someone every day like what what's the difference right if we're not like I don't know I don't define romantic relationships with sex but it's Mm -hmm. like there's that intimacy there anyway so it's like what would be missing on paper nothing right yeah so y'all did date (laughs) felt like it certainly felt like it talk about (sighs) marriage sometimes I don't know try to kiss you know whatever it's just yeah right yeah exploration I'd do it all over again hell yeah it's just yeah it just you ever feel like sometimes you look back at your life and you just feel like because a year is short right but it's pretty long but just like what the fuck yeah just one giant what the fuck oh yeah who was that all the time was that yeah okay i know you get it yeah yeah. (laughs) rhetorical for our listeners you know just conversational you know just like you ever just look back and you're like what the fuck was that about yeah i'm having that moment right now but yeah (laughs) No one, I feel like just as a general thought, no one is safe or outside of the zone of getting a crush. From right. Moms. Right. I feel the same way. 
like especially that was like the final frontier whenever I developed a crush on this person and I was like then this person started dating this man's and I was just like oh my god like of course she's like dating this fucking dude now like I gotta let it go and Hobbs was like why why do you have to let it go like right <laughs> like it it's like I was doing the exact same thing that I hate it when people do that to me whenever mm-hmm. I say like oh like I'm dating blah 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 and then they put me in this box of like oh well they're taken or whatever the fuck and it's like no like whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen regardless you know absolutely and I yeah yes no, no one's off the table and not in a disrespectful way y'all not in a disrespectful way but just straight up like in what you just described right why it's would like, I turn off that energy when the energy's there exactly and it's like it's not like I had a conversation with this person and she was right. like yo no like put this away mm-hmm. if that happened of course I'm gonna compartmentalize the fuck out of that and respect that absolutely but mm-hmm. when it's just like you know how it is <laughs> you're fucking face they can't <laughs> if it's lit it's lit you know like shit right yeah so everyone you uh, date is your best friend now no oh no okay but i would like them to be okay okay in some way or fashion it's all a build-up you know the people mm-hmm. i guess this goes into the whole poly thing the first question we got was how many hey cuties do you got thanks holly um <laughs> as i define a hey cutie that's everybody but i think right. what holly's actually asking <laughs> i feel like i understand um yeah it's the desire is for everyone to be like however it feels most natural for us to relate to each other in an intimate way I want that for all of my relationships Mm -hmm. and I just I guess I say that to just like really point out like there is no generalized statement to make in a poly practice right in terms of like what everyone is offering you like there's that baseline level of like your standards like what you won't tolerate or what you won't put up with in behavior from a human when it comes to you know conflict communication etc and like shared values like those things are all very important but I feel like in general like what even is a best friend like it just can mean so many different things like this is my best friend in how like they bring out my most playful side or like this mm-hmm. they bring out my most like thoughtful side or my most intellectual like there's so many different ways of like how you could define that totally that I feel like everyone in their own way is becoming their own version of a best friend to me as I hope to them mm-hmm. in my own role in their life of like I hope but also like what this word best right it also alludes to like some kind of hierarchy like this is like the ultimate like mm-hmm. no like I'm sure you could find someone else who makes you laugh harder than me I do if you thought that I was your best humor person whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you want to put that in words right but yeah no it's just it's all I it goes back to the disclaimer of just it's all very fluid all yeah fluid, but i'm definitely beating the bush on answering the question um <clears throat> how many hey cuties uh i'd say two to three word in terms of like consistent consistent and in very intentional like hey cutie 
winky face in your phone or oh you know just in that communication line for sure mm. for sure nice two to three <laughs> you're already here first folks <laughs> because i'm also just trying to like i don't know like just shed i just don't want to get caught up in saying something that's flat when it's not like a flat reality for me so right. why would i say like a flat answer for it i, I can't even like really do that because again with solo polyamory and maybe just backing it up before we like dive into the questions people are asking is like what does that look like to me mm-hmm. what does that look like to you very different things i'm sure but like solo polyamory means that i'm my first partner mm-hmm. i'm trying to have a long-term relationship with me mm-hmm. and like that does include a lot of like the content from the dating yourself episode mm-hmm. a lot of the time and how to be honest about that is it's just so much intentionality mm-hmm. like I truly am dating myself. Right. Full on. So like other people coming in too, I don't prescribe and I have no desire to call anyone or be anyone's partner. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a word I'm really driving with, but I feel like there's different ways to relate that may look like that. Like Mm -hmm. it goes back to commitment, I think, and how you interact in those commitments with others. Mm -hmm. It's not dodging like commitment. It's just how are we committing to each other? in reality with the words of which we have now, but also still don't feel like enough. Right. Yeah. It makes me think about, I was having this really lovely conversation with Natasha about just like how there are some sort of like generalized, more generalized poly practices that like we have friends that sort of prescribe to these and how they almost feel like clinical in a way Mm -hmm. where it's like when you meet someone like it's like at this point that you have to like talk to them about this and then like you have to ask them this and and it's like it's just so inorganic almost that Natasha was like I can't even call myself Polly anymore because I don't do any of that shit and like I just like let things flow in a way that feels more like loosely calling herself sort of like relationship anarchy-ish you know right um Mm -hmm which I feel like is definitely more of the wavelength that I'm or the direction that I'm like heading towards, I think of just, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I just, I just have always been this way where I'm just like, yeah. And this person's my friend and this person's my best friend, best friend. And like, I remember my ex being like, bro you could like meet someone for like two hours and like if it pops off you'd call them your best friend <laughs> and I'm like low-key yeah because it's like I do feel that way where like when I have that those connections with people like it's like yeah I can see the way in which our connection is like fueling me in a way that I want my best friends my best friend connections to like bring that part of me out or whatever it is. Um, and I'm also just really good at like maintaining those more sporadic relationships where it's like, see you when I see you type shit or when it's, or where it's like, you know, we haven't talked in a few months, but we have this, like, we have this like really beautiful experience that we set a foundation on that like I'll make sure that I call you in six months to like see how you are type shit um I think for me with solo poly I I'm kind of a lot um I take up a lot kind of of a lot yeah (laughs) 
take up a lot of space. So it's like, it's giving myself a taste of my own medicine for sure. In the sense of like, I think that I require more alone time probably than you do a little bit of like, and I can really feel it whenever I'm getting too like polysaturated, um, Mm -hmm. too many connections with other people. And I'm not, I'm not having the time or capacity for, for those dates with myself. It, it gets cranky. It gets cranky. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just any sort of like energy of, oh, well, I can put this to the side for this date because I really want to go out with this person. I give that mostly just to myself at this point. Like there's really no one else that I'm going to like put anything important to the side for except for me. And I do that. I definitely do that with myself because it's like so important. It's so important. If I'm starting to feel grumpy and I know I need a date with myself, everything else is just going to go to shit. If I don't give myself that like for real, Mm -hmm. because it really is exactly what you said of like, I'm my own primary partner. I'm like at the, my commitment to myself is at the root foundation of all these other relationship dynamics, me, like not giving myself exactly what I need is dishonoring all my other relationships too. And if, if like any of my other people in my life don't see that, then like, that's just a perfect opportunity for us to talk about how our values are not aligned, (laughs) you know, ultimately, um, so how many hey cuties you got? Uh, <laughs> I would say <clears throat> like hmm. oh. <laughs> I don't know. This is really hard because it's like I'm I just know. like what am I even considering a hey cutie? There's so That's what I'm and, saying. And again, I'm really in this space where there's like a lot of new people. Yeah. That's why I feel like I erred on the side of caution to go with a really low number just because it's what I know that has been discussed. Mm-hmm. Like the hey cutie's been discussed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say for me, following that criteria it would be also two to three. Mm. Yeah. Maybe two to four. We'll say two to four. Okay. Two to four. Fluid. Love to see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. This next question now from Lotus. (laughs) So the next question is how does the dental dam maintain essential yet outdated in status? Essential yet outdated. I think it's essential in the conversation in the very least. Right. Absolutely. A question of how are we practicing as people safe sex and practicing communication about that safe sex. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that really does stick with me from like family life as a child learning about sex 
is that there is a lot of caught up in the moment moments mm-hmm. like they were lying about that i mm-hmm. think it's quite easy to get like i just said caught up <laughs> but whether it's before during after ideally before those conversations and as bell hooks even like talked about in all about love like she got a really fun opportunity to have a really erotic conversation when she like talked to some man about what they may or may not want in between the sheets long before they even were even in between those set sheets mm-hmm. very cool that always is the prerogative however like I've learned that like because it is very like the beginning of poly practices and all that stuff and I've gone over this a lot in therapy about like sure like the larger picture of like am I doing enough when it comes to like behavioral stuff but also like am I doing enough to maintain a sense of safety for myself and others Mm -hmm. like yeah it just comes down to the conversation right everyone's different I don't even want to put any kind of answer on there that would elicit like a generalized response and I feel like that's just how I'm going to be about all these questions just because it's like it really much does depend on the person but not to say that like oh only some people I practice safe sex with like no 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 everyone (laughs) at least the conversation is going to be started there right and that's just kind of where my head goes towards because I have definitely interacted with dental dams and they're interesting. But yeah, outdated is well-placed because good God, mm-hmm. dental dams. Yeah. But again, you know, essential. So it's both. It's a both and. Right. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. I think it has been quite a enlightening experience just having those conversations with people seeing the ways that they like feel sexy you know like and also just seeing how different people like different moments when different people want to have those conversations as well like I've definitely been in a been in situations where it's like it would have been really easy to get caught up and like the other person like stopped and was like, Hey, like before we move forward, like, let's, let's talk about this. And me just Mm -hmm. being like, Whoa, that I'm even more turned on right now. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely just something that, um, I, I personally never really like grew up doing that or anything like when I was having sex with people growing up we never talked about like safe sex other than like you know make sure you use a condom type shit but even then it was like I don't know just our sex education was complete dumpster water per per U.S. standards um so you know since then it's just been definitely definitely a new experience of of whenever you are having sex with multiple partners like just being as transparent as possible yeah it's just basically like courtesy of informed consent you know like informed consent is everything and you really can't you really can't have like really really good sex if you aren't if it's not informed consensual sex, like it's going to be so much better and so much more pleasurable for everyone involved. If that is like off the mind, you know? Right. Yeah. 
I to this point also like the nature of what sex is and all it encompasses I have found a lot of benefits from like listening to like this is just one resource like sex podcasts like queer sex podcasts just to get more language about it because I feel like because of again like the shitty um family life uh sex education of the past it's like okay what is the language to really discern what are the possibilities you're like I just learned about the term hand sex this year I was like that's wonderful like I wish yeah because in the moment we're like what kind of sex do I feel open to or not open to? It kind of feels like a yes or no question versus mm-hmm. like the different kinds and right. like having more of like the tools of like being able to describe that in a way, in a place where like you can still maintain safety is like, mm-hmm. and pleasure through that safety is like tantamount. So yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, just finding more vocabulary for what kinds of sex you're open to and like not open to and like how that looks is yeah it's going to be super helpful in those conversations to because the more specificity you have the less awkward it is because then it just shows what you actually want and know about Mm -hmm. your body and your relationship with others with it Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah actually just like fat just got this um pamphlet thing at uh I I like had an, an appointment at Planned Parenthood for my testosterone and they had this like pamphlet that was like just like a safe sex, like little zine basically. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like, I feel like I've been looking for this. It just like has a little chart of like all of the different, basically like body parts that like come into contact with each other. And it cross references with like the different STIs and STDs and like what you're going to be at risk of basically. That's so nice. And I was just like, yes, like that's what I, that's what I've been looking for. That's so nice. Because it's like, there are just so many different ways for you, for bodies to like touch each other and come into contact with each other. And it's like, yeah, different, different ways of doing that puts you at risk for different things. And I don't even know like all the things also. <laughs> so look at armpits, y'all. It's a thing. Seriously. It'll do something to you. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how do you balance? This is from Lee. How do you balance your energy with your quote unquote partners, quote unquote needs? Uh, yeah I mean I feel like I'm lucky because right now I am dating people who um lucky or you put in the work okay both Mm -hmm. it's both and Um, I'm dating people who are really good about meeting a lot of their needs on their own, you know, like who are really good about taking care of themselves and really good about forging their own path in life and having their own things going on. Um, so it's almost like, I don't even really, it's really easy for me to like, balance that because it's like we're both putting in that individual work and then when we come together we're just enhancing that you know we're just supporting that in whatever way we can it doesn't feel like I'm 
meeting anyone's needs. Almost. It feels like I'm supporting them meeting their own needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which is just incredible, especially, and really, really fucking healing, especially as someone who does have a history of dating cis men who, uh, I was kind of filling the role of a mother in a way. Like I was really like, oof, actually taking care of them and like, the house and all that type of shit, you know? So, and just like realizing just how much energy I have and the power of just taking that back and putting it, investing it back into myself, um, and having, you know, partners who really like just, uh, encourage me to do that (laughs) is, Mm -hmm. is really amazing. Um, I think of course, like, like I said before, it's, it's a constant kind of negotiation in terms of like capacity, of course, of like, you know, whenever I'm going through it or whatever, I'm really Mm -hmm. busy right now is like spring. So it's like, well, there's just a lot happening. (laughs) Um, it's, it's just being honest as fuck about like where I'm at, what, what I have the energy for. Um, and I'm just with people that I know will, will honor that. And will also, I'm just with people right now who like, I really trust the fuck out of like everyone that I'm dating right now to like, tell me to tell, to be honest with me and to tell me like, if they're feeling some type of way, if they need something from me, if they have a desire, whatever, whatever it is, just to just tell me like, and I feel like as time goes on and I spend, you know, more time getting to know these people. And basically we have those experiences where it's like, this person does have a desire or is having an issue and they do come to me with it. Like, I'm just so fucking grateful for that because it's like, that's just enhancing that trust, um, and enhancing that, um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just, just that knowing of, of I'm not in trouble. It's okay. They're going to come to me no matter what. Um, which again is so healing for me as someone who has dated, conflict avoidant people who don't want to talk to me about like what's actually going on and then resentment builds up and all that kind of shit so (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyways um how do you balance it (laughs) I think you said everything I would have said yeah the only thing I can really add on to it is like goes back to communication Mm-hmm. Of like establishing in the front like what do you want out of this because mm-hmm. people have an idea about what they want out of you I think a lot of people are afraid to say it because oh it might be asking for too much mm-hmm. or like too little or like I don't know playing it cool or playing it safe whatever the fuck but I feel like I'm around a bunch of people and involved with a bunch of people whether it's romantically or platonically who are very like just there it is boom and again going back to that trust of like if you change your mind bring it to me you can always change your mind. That's like our greatest superpower is people. You can always change your mind. And like, as things develop, you can just, yeah, we can always be fluid in how we relate to each other. 
I think I've like you have definitely seen the growth out of the codependent, like, Oh, I got to fulfill all your needs and my own needs. And (laughs) you're like my number one pick by default for everything I'm going to do or go to, or be around or like get involved with. And like, everything I have is like automatically you have a stake in it type thing. I'm like, no, like we're not really riding that train anymore. So like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more intentionality behind it. So of course there's a lot more intentional conversations about like, and no more like assumptions about like, Oh, of course I would be like your wedding date. Like, fuck no. Like, I don't know. Cause as much as I'm being solo poly, like as other people who I'm seeing, like their relationship with themselves and others, like that's the number one, like encouragement thing I can bring up at the jump is like, I want you to never feel like you have to like, turn off a part of yourself just because you're seeing me mm-hmm. and I've always said that in relationships as much as I haven't been able to enact the action behind it for my own self in the past like that's always been my desire like I don't want anyone to feel the way I felt where I thought I had to feel in my first few relationships where I was like I'm literally turning off pops in this conversation in this interaction because oh I'm tied up over here mm-hmm. my commitment is over here like bullshit like that so now it's just like yeah if you got needs like you say them up front we can just work with that as we go mm-hmm. and just be realistic about them I don't no one has really asked me for the things that have been asked of me whether that was implicitly or explicitly of like for everything and I think in the past when that conversation has come up it was because it was like they wanted everything and it's like what does that even mean for us as like human beings mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like that's a level of enmeshment that warrants a whole other conversation like, do you even know what you're asking or not asking, like by implying or suggesting or like energetically, like asking for that. Mm-hmm. So, so much of that goes into that, but it's so like case by case basis. But again, having the tools of a good foundation and communication, no problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. <laughs> yeah. As far as balancing one's energy with other people's needs. You just set the tone from the jump. Right. I feel like it's really helpful to just. (sighs) Yeah, just how this is why this is why whenever I start to like when a new person comes into my life, I make sure they read all about love. Like it's like (laughs) a similar like sort of thing of of just talking about having a foundation of like, here's how I work in in my relationships or like, here's how I, here are my values in my relationships. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. always going to be like focused on me as well. So like, just be prepared for that. And like, how are you reacting to these statements or not reacting? This is all really good information. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ask questions. Mm -hmm. I say that out loud to others. I say that to myself ask Mm -hmm. questions Mm -hmm. someone tells you what they're like ask questions and believe them trust yes (laughs) believe all of what they say like Mm -hmm. I think you can have that first stage of like where people depending on their level of self-awareness right like there's a level of delusion maybe that's like their higher self that they want to be or like shadow self that they're not trying to be anymore but like still trust people to what they say Mm -hmm. because when I say out loud like yo I I'm looking out for me, number one. Mm-hmm. There is no default person. Mm-hmm. I'm the default person. That's that. Mm-hmm. High key. That's the new car we're driving. Mm-hmm. High fucking key. <laughs> so, 
what does your deep quality time with partners look like and how often does it happen weekly to monthly (laughs) it's different for everybody you know but definitely a weekly to monthly kind of thing and I prefer that Mm -hmm. like there's a reason why I don't live with a romantic partner and Mm -hmm. I don't think that I would in the capacity of how I have in the past like I've fully know (laughs) and believe like if I'm living with someone who I'm romantically involved with I have to have my own room Mm -hmm. purely and succinctly like um, even if I like talk myself out of it sometimes I'm like well what if you know it was like saving money blah blah blah. I'm like no Mm -mm. like okay that's a different like boundary to set and like a different conversation like have like a expiration date on for that kind of like living situation but like in general like I would never want to live with someone where they shared a room with me absolutely not and I just think in general like I could go on for days about how much sexier I think that makes life in general because like (laughs) and just inviting them into your room type shit and just having like it just keeps that boundary of like I'm living my own life you are too right you can still come over but like invitation right and you know other ways it just adds more intentionality that I find think is just really hot in general yeah but seeing people on a weekly basis is great I love being able to meet like to miss people mm-hmm. and to wonder what their week was like and to have that conversation of like I had no idea or like you know everyone gets an opportunity to deal with life on their own terms in that way mm-hmm. it's not again we're just walking away from default energy for the sake of like habit or whatever the fuck and then with the monthly thing i just mostly think about reese when i think about that just because it's like we live together but it's platonic and also like we hang out but also don't hang out but also hang out right and then make time to hang out so yeah right as far as what it looks like (laughs) that's some playtime, baby go outside Go hang out in nature, maybe do a little day trip somewhere, do go to an event. I love intentional dates. Those are so much fun to plan and like be a part of and like to witness. Picnics are awesome. Like you can get me to do anything if a picnic isn't. I'm like food outside. Yeah. Like I'm gonna We're cry. Lots for picnics. Absolutely. Uh I really, yeah. The more I think about like what I would like to integrate in. Like, I love the idea of reading to someone and them reading to me, things like that. I'm like looking for my little poetry, babe, next, you know, just like, you know, just say what's on your mind type shit. But like, just more like different kind of, I don't know. It's all experimental, experimental. Sounds like it's time to put a new call out for another writing, buddy. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually, damn, I didn't write that down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a slot that should always be filled, honestly. So yeah, if you're listening and you like writing, um <laughs> I also like writing. <laughs> Let's get inside each other's brains anyway. But yeah, I really love quality time. That's my favorite <clears throat> and most like impactful love language. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> that I interact with and try to give others. Um, so yeah, just quality time. Like put your phone down. Let's let's get into it. It's always mm-hmm. going to be like a lot of eye contact, a lot of just how's your heart questions <laughs> type thing. Yeah. <laughs> what does it look like for you? <laughs> All that gay shit. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it's interesting for me because I got a little sweetie that is, uh, you know, 15 hours away. (laughs) Jupiter. Yeah. The whole way on another planet, bro. Mm -hmm. So our quality time is like, I don't know. It's always just a sort of, I want to say it's like, like two-ish times a month, you know, we'll have like that intentional kind of like lengthy, like phone call or FaceTime or something like that. Mm -hmm. But then like, we're also just kind of like talking because it's Mm -hmm. like, whenever you're having a date with someone that's virtual, it doesn't quite hit the same as like Mm. whenever it's in person. So you still kind of need those little fixes throughout that time of like a little video here, a little photo, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, otherwise like, yeah, maybe like weekly or like, there's like a pocket of like a few days where it's like intense hang quality time and then like Mm -hmm. time away um it kind of just is like whatever whatever makes sense with the person I guess um and what does it look like well yeah like I guess yeah, I guess it depends on the person, but it could look like a lot of things. I guess I'll just go through like what's been happening right now. Deep quality time with like one person might be like, um, like I said, just like a more of like a lengthy, like phone call or FaceTime, just like catching up. Tell me everything about your life. I want to know everything. I want to know all the details, all the characters, all of the sub characters, all of the scenes, set the scene for me. Tell me about the best cup of coffee you had this week. Um, and then for other people, like right now I'm watching the Elward Gen Q with someone because, you know, that's just what I do <laughs> with everyone that I date. Um, it's fine because got to get ready for season three anyways. Um, someone nice. else, it could be like... Um, yeah, like outdoor adventures, like could mm-hmm. be, you know, going for a swim, going for a walk outside, hanging with the dogs, um, like dreaming. That's one thing I love to do with, with anyone I'm dating is like dreaming. I love talking about like, what are your dreams? Like, Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if money wasn't a thing, what would you do? Just stuff like that. Just, mm-hmm. I feel like deep quality time for me, like as much as it is, it does shift, uh, between people. I love just like getting in people's heads and like really just understanding like their desires and where their like erotic pleasure comes from. And like, mm. it's just really fun for me. Um, and then seeing if we can like dream together and like, you know, see if our dreams align in any way, like, oh yeah, we have this shared dream. 
Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Your four-year-old was showing so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I hope that answers the question. I don't know. It's just so like it's just so again, it's just so fluid. It's so circumstantial. Um mm. but it's fun. It's a fun sort of game of and it's also seasonal. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the seasons, different, different seasons. <laughs> That's so true. Like bring about different quality time. You know, the picnic thing. We're not going to have a picnic in January. No, January is like, I need to be around people who know what's going on in my fucking brain because Mm -hmm. I, mm -mm. right. That's sad times. Right. Right. That's, that's family time right there. Right. Exactly. The spring, of course, it's like cuffing seasons. Of course, summer is hot girl summer. Of course, fall (laughs) is like other cuffing season. Because it's like you have so many more options on how to spend time in a very casual, like chill ass way. Yeah. You know, especially what with COVID, it's still here, people. Like, do I want you over at my house? I've gotten so much more picky about that. Right. Like, I don't want just anyone over at my house. Right. This is is safe space. We even had to talk about are we even allowing heterosexuals over here anymore? I don't know. (laughs) that talk (laughs) you know like it's because the energy is so sacred right you know precisely yeah precisely well is there anything else about your your poly lifestyle that you would want to share with the listeners before we log off for the day right I have exhausted myself just based on what we have already said. What I feel like I've already shared. I mean, this could be a part one. If y'all want to know more, that's great. Happy to get into it. Questions help to really like, cause it's when you're living in something and you just like, it's in your face all the time. Like, what mm-hmm. could I really describe to you mm-hmm. as it is just like getting negotiated in real time all the time. Mm-hmm. So it does feel a little harder to be like specific in like talking about it in a general sense, but I do feel open. This was nice nerve-wracking mm-hmm. but nice to just put some real ass shit out there mm-hmm. you know yeah my and the moral of the story yeah. is stay true to yourself honor mm-hmm. yourself be mm-hmm. clear and communicative and mm-hmm. maybe try kissing your best friend and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> might be the best thing you ever do let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> anyway next segment god damn this episode is long i know hang in there y'all <laughs> yeah, one more segment. i think it's becoming our favorite segment that's homophobic yeah i can't tell if my housemates are getting annoyed with how much i'm saying that's homophobic to like any <laughs> little minor inconvenience but we you gotta like you gotta find the right moment to really get that punch <laughs> Right. I'm taking a little break for like a week yeah. or two with them. Then I'll come yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With more fire than ever. So not so much in list format this time, because there was definitely an event that took up all the homophobia of mm-hmm. the week when. <laughs> so Lindsay and I were hanging out and we got high. We're like, yo, let's go get dinner. We're in Charlottesville. Y'all know how Charlottesville is. They got that little walking mall, pedestrian, looking like Europe type shit. You go to Citizen Burger Bar. They got a little patio out front, but you're like in public. 
but no cars around. So we go and get our burgers and like just walking in, no offense. And I wouldn't say this because y'all know I work in the industry. I wouldn't just say this shit if I didn't feel some type of way. Service was terrible, <laughs> terrible. And not even like at us, but at each other. They were not <laughs> on each other's team. It was really hard to watch. They were fighting. Bartender, they were fighting. This bartender's like, what do you guys want? We're like, um, we're just picking up. We already ordered. <laughs> she's like, oh. And then like, she's like looking around, but not looking anywhere while she's looking around, you know? And like comes to the conclusion like, oh, the host, will, she just got cut and she must have just like lost the order. So it's not, I don't know where your food is, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, I'm going to go like do something. And like she goes <laughs> off and does something, which essentially was like, look everywhere, but where like the kitchen boys are, it's an open concept kitchen. Ask them if they made some food and put it somewhere. Step one. And she's just like running. Like they're all like just they they're just all disperse. sprinting, like speed walking back and forth in the restaurant, just like, like <laughs> stressed for no reason. On? And I'm like, is the host still here having a drink? Like, ask her, or I don't know. And like Lynn's points out, like, there's a bag in the past between the kitchen and the bar. Not even like there's no walls here. Again, it's open concept. It's right next to the POS system that she looked at to like confirm there is an order. We just don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. And this is like, do you think that's our food? And I was like, nah, man, there's no way. That's like, that's too obvious. There's just no fucking way. And also, I don't want to ask. I think she'll get mad. She's already mad at us for existing right now. Hikey, <laughs> hikey. And we're so high, you guys. Like, literally, <laughs> we were like, debating like we didn't want to go out in public but nowhere was delivering okay nowhere. so that's why we're here <laughs> came all this way i couldn't even parallel park i was so stoned <laughs> like, park somewhere else um <laughs> it was just really over it was parallel parking on a hill yeah that should be said anyway in a van, I, digress. In a van. I the van's not an issue but <laughs> don't bring you <laughs> in a, don't bring who in this, but exactly <laughs> So finally, finally, she finally. Looks <laughs> she looks at the back and she's like, oh, here's your food, guys. <laughs> and it's like mad at us. This is after like 15, 20 minutes of them running around being really mad at the host. Like you told me at one point, she was like, that was such an ignorant, like, uh, display of her like responsibilities or whatever. She and was it's just reading like, her. She was so mad. Then she like snatches the the bag of food, like grabs it really quickly, and like brings it over. And she's like, "Oh, here you go," and like gets us our bill and just like slams it over to us. And I was like, "Why is she <laughs> mad at us right now for them not being able to find the food?" And then like, she's like, "Do you guys food. want anything else?" And we're like, "Can we have some waters?" Oh, no, wait. She didn't ask us if we want anything else. No, we, you just go, excuse me, can we have some water? <laughs> and she gives us literally poop tasting water. Like, Stop! it tasted so bad. It tasted so bad. So, but then the story gets worse. <laughs> so we get our food so finally. Ridiculous. We go out to the, to the walking path and the floodgates had opened. And people were just flooding out of the concert, the the concert venue that's at the end of the the mall. And literally Hobbs was like, we got to run like one, two, three, go. And then we like sprint across to the center where we can go sit down. We sit down and we're eating. Right. 
the food is shit I'll just that's just a side note the food was terrible it tasted like mush nothingness like the fries had no seasoning no nothing Nothing. the water tasted like for 15 minutes getting soggy in front of us it was so bad then we're like I wonder what concert that was Hobbs is like well I mean were people there people let's just ask them God, first mistake for people. So then, people. Someone's these people are walking out. These people were pretty fucked up. Like, I don't know. Like, we didn't know who was in concert at the time, but whoever oh, it was, people were yeah. lit. It was like a fucking Sunday night. And it was all ages. It was older people, younger people, people dressed like they just came from Coachella, people dressed like they were on a hot date, just all kinds of weird. Ch- I was like, who the fuck was performing? Lots of queer all. people. Mm-hmm. And then. Mm-hmm. So then, um, this person comes like walking past us and she's literally like looking at us, like directly at us. And so I say, Hey, what concert was that? (laughs) Continues walking past us, staring at us. Doesn't answer me at all. Homophobic encounter number two of the night. The first one was the bartender. Okay. Should have gone home after number two. Honestly, number two. I'm night. like, Lynn's take a lesson from the pro. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like so confident, but so stoned. And these people are walking by. I'm like trying to like wait until I get someone who's like at least like looking at me, just you know make sure like we're on the same page. And finally, I'm thinking I've got the perfect target. This girl's looking at me. I'm like, hey, like what concert was that? And she keeps walking. I'm like, hey. Hey, and she never turns around. I'm screaming now yeah. across the plaza. Hey, what? I'm over here. Yes. Over here. This is not one ounce of attention. I've never felt <laughs> so invisible in my 27 short years on this godforsaken rock. Oh it my god. Killed me. Screaming it was at so her. So funny. Literally, literally, Hobbs was screaming, over here. No, no, over here. <laughs> homophobia number three terrible then we finally met someone who wasn't homophobic oh yeah this random person the whole crowd trickled down and this random person was like wandering around kind of looking a little lost and we were like oh this is the one so i'm like hey what concert was that he goes i don't know i'm trying to figure out the same thing i was like god damn it why is the only person who doesn't know what's going on the one person that answered us and can see us? Oh my god! Like Different it literally dimensions. felt like we were caged animals or something. Like couldn't be seen. <laughs> Real in the patio, like y'all. Oh. Then literally, like there's no one left. Everyone has everyone has made it. I I don't know why they were all walking that way. I guess there's a parking garage or something. But know. we're like, whatever. We'll just never know. And then finally. <laughs> There's two queers walking past us. Or maybe it was just one solo person. I don't remember. I don't know. But one person that was like, we were finally like, hey, you're our last shot. What concert was that? And she goes, it's Rainbow Kitten Surprise. What the fuck? (laughs) Do y'all hear that? Y'all Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Got me fucked up. I've never heard of that. Me neither. Never heard of that before. But since then, I've told a few people about this and they're like, oh, yeah, I know that band like their music's pretty good. And then I saw and then that one person on Instagram posted a video with that as the music that I sent to you. 
So I'm just Mm -hmm. like, all right, I guess these people are kind of well-known or something, but they got a lot of homophobia in there. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Their whole crowd is forget about it. (laughs) Forget about it. It's like they could see in, but we couldn't see out or vice versa. I don't even know. Right. That was so wild. And like, I got to say, whenever you and me hang out, like mm-hmm. this shit, this kind of shit, like doesn't normally happen to us. I feel mm-hmm. like things mm-hmm. are always just like aligning. The food's always really good. Like the service is always impeccable. Hot people are always around us. Like mm-hmm. we just always have this energy, but I guess it's just because I was really going through it that day. That was like mm-hmm. a bad time in general. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we were together just to hang out. That energy wasn't there. We were together because you were supporting me. So it was like, maybe Mm -hmm. that's why, but I was just like, God damn, this does not happen to us. Yeah. That was really rough. (laughs) Sometimes the world is like just stuffing your nose further into just feel it, just feel the negativity, Mm -hmm. just feel it exhausting. Never again. Probably story though oh my god and that's what we have for this week on that's homophobic dun, da, da, da. all right guys that was cool uh whew. all right i'm exhausted